Part 3. Customize Solutions for Your Family Bedtime Battles I don't want to go to bed. Every night in our house brings a struggle to get my children into bed. The minute that I even suggest putting on pajamas, they both go into overdrive. They're not the least bit interested in cooperating, and our nights usually end up with me yelling and one or both of them crying. How do I solve our bedtime battles? If it is any consolation, this scene is played out in millions and millions of homes around the world every single night. Parents and children view bedtime in totally opposite ways. By understanding how children feel about bedtime, and then applying solutions that take their needs and yours into account, you can banish the bedtime battles from your home. Why don't children want to go to bed? As an adult who treasures that moment at the end of a long day when you finally fall into your bed and close your eyes to welcome sleep, you may have a hard time understanding why your little one resists bedtime with such vehemence. So let's begin by looking at the typical reasons that children don't want to go to bed. Not tired. Nothing is worse for a child than being put to bed when he's wide awake. He'll do just about anything to prevent you from shutting off the light. One more book, one more glass of water, one more trip to the potty. Take a good look at your child's nap schedule as well. Since a nap that occurs too late in the day will keep your child refreshed and alert far past bedtime. An adjustment to the time or length of daytime naps, plus more activity in the early afternoon, including outdoor play when possible, may help your little one to actually be tired when it's time for bed. Overtired Very often young children are tired quite early in the evening, around 6 to 7 p.m., but parents think that it's just too early to put them to bed, or the family gets busy and two hours fly by without you realizing it. What happens in this case is that your child becomes so overtired that he gets a second wind, propelling him into a wired, tired, can't-sleep state. He's running on adrenaline and will need some help to wind down enough for his condition to transform into sleepiness. The solution to this dilemma is an earlier bedtime preceded by a peaceful, hour-long pre-bedtime routine. Too Busy Chasing a toddler or preschooler for a day can wear out a triathlete. But these amazing little people never seem to want to stop their continual activity. They view the world as an endless supply of entertainment created just for them. The idea of giving up the next exciting endeavor, whatever that may be, to go to bed, doesn't appeal to them in the least. Creating a consistent and pleasant bedtime routine, plus avoiding any new or exciting toys or events right before bedtime, can work wonders to help a too-busy child cooperate at bedtime. Too Curious Children sometimes have a vision that when they are confined to their bed, magical and marvelous things are happening in the rest of the house. 
As they lie in bed, they listen to people's voices, the television, the sounds of activity in the house. Something convinces them that they really need to find out what's happening, since they certainly are missing out on something wonderful. If you can keep the household quiet after your child is in bed and use white noise or soft music to mask any enticing noises, you may be able to keep your curious little one from coming out of bed to see what he is missing. Is Afraid of Something The dark monsters lurking under the bed, the troll in the closet, the sounds of dogs barking outside, or the roar of a truck passing by. Because of their emerging intelligence and their active imagination, this is a common age for fears to surface. If you suspect that fears are one of the reasons why your little one doesn't want to go to bed, listen to the section entitled Nighttime Fears. Lacks an enticing bedtime routine. I've already mentioned, okay, I'll admit it, repeatedly, the importance of a bedtime routine for any child. If your little one resists getting ready for bed, the key word I've added for you here is enticing. A good bedtime routine is one that's reliable and predictable. A great bedtime routine is one that your child looks forward to each night and will willingly participate in. Tips on how to create a great routine will follow. Wanting to be with you the dark, quiet, lonely night is a time that separation anxiety often surfaces in toddlers and preschoolers. They want to be with the people they love the most and with whom they feel safe and secure. Given a choice between being with their parents or being alone, almost all toddlers and preschoolers will choose company. I have a preschooler, plus I have three teenagers, too. Having both older children and a young one allows me tremendous clarity on many issues, and this is one of them. I sometimes seem to be an innocent bystander in the lives of my three teens as they race through their days. Our bedtime routine isn't. Well, in a way it is, and it's very simple. They put down their phone to give me a quick kiss and hug goodnight. Yes, they love me, and I know it, but their desire to be with me has been replaced by so many other things in their young adult lives. Excuse me while I get a tissue. In the meantime, my little Colton still needs me and wants to be with me as much as possible. I relish his hint of separation anxiety when he doesn't want to be parted from me. I'm really in no rush to have him grow up. Change the way you look at the bedtime routine. We parents today have demanding schedules and juggle multiple tasks all day long. There's too much to do and never enough time to do it. The bedtime routine often gets slotted as one more thing to do, after which we can get on to yet another task on our never-ending to-do list. I'd like to present you with a new way of looking at your child's bedtime routine. 
as a wonderful opportunity for a nightly ritual of quiet connection and bonding. It is like a forced savings account, a daily slice of time out of a busy day given to you so you can bask in the joys of parenthood and build the foundation for a close lifetime relationship. Pretty heady stuff when you look at it this way, isn't it? Simply said, you must get your child ready for bed each and every night. The time will be spent one way or another. Would you like it to be peaceful, nurturing, and bonding? Or rushed and stressful? You have the power to set the tone of your evenings, so why not choose a pleasant routine? You will enjoy it more, and your child will no longer resist bedtime. Won't that be marvelous? Solutions for Ending Your Bedtime Battles What follows are a variety of ideas from which you can choose. Don't feel you have to implement all of them. Just pick the ones that suit your family and see if they create positive changes. Begin your routine earlier. If you are starting your child's bedtime routine 15 to 20 minutes before you'd like him to be asleep, it will inevitably create problems. This provides barely enough time for the essentials, little time for pleasure, and no time at all for the inevitable dawdles and delays. As a parent, you're watching the clock move forward, stressing over the time and trying to rush things along. Your child, who senses your tension and feels pressured, reacts by dawdling or fashioning new requests that simply must be met, but there's no time, so a meltdown occurs. Following this pattern night after night makes both parent and child dread bedtime, further increasing the stress and making things even worse. So goes the cycle from bad to worse, night after night. The answer to all this turmoil is to allow plenty of time for the pre-bedtime routine. For most families, this means allocating at least an hour between the beginning of the process and lights out. While an hour or more may seem like a lot to spend on a bedtime routine, most families with bedtime struggles end up spending more time than this dealing with a fussy child who won't cooperate. And said fussy child gets so worked up that once in bed, he's wide awake and takes a long time before nodding off. Decide in advance on the best bedtime for your child, and then identify a specific time that you will begin the getting ready for bed routine. You may have to work backward from this time to schedule dinner and post-dinner activities so they are completed by the time you wish to start your pre-bedtime plan. Once you understand the power a long enough routine has to ward off bedtime problems, and if you look at this bedtime routine as an opportunity to spend some peaceful time connecting with your sweet child, then this hour can be something wonderful to look forward to each night. Coordinate Multiple Children's Routines When you have only one child, particularly when your child is a baby, it can be an easy thing just to allow your little one to set the schedule. 
If you have more than one child, it may be better if you avoid simply going with the flow each night and, instead, set a specific plan. Try to coordinate as many activities as possible. For example, no matter the age, they all have to put pajamas on, so have them all do it at the same time. You might even gather them into one room and make it a putting-on-pajama party. Just don't let the party get too wild. When my older three children were little, I kept them all on the same bedtime routine schedule. We, all four of us, would have a snack, don pajamas, and brush teeth together. Then we would snuggle on their big bed to read books. I'd have a daughter on either side of me and David nursing in the middle. When he was weaned, he continued part of the routine. He would lie across my lap during story time and almost always fell asleep. When he was three, I remember commenting to him that he was getting to be a big, heavy boy to lie on me. He looked at me with a puzzled expression and with all seriousness asked, But what will you do when I'm thirteen? David is thirteen now and finds this story funny and embarrassing. Avoid television time before bed. A recent study demonstrated that children who watch television before bed have more trouble falling asleep, have less restful sleep, and sleep fewer hours overall, typically falling far short of recommended sleep hours. Those children with sets in their bedrooms had the worst overall sleep problems, and children who fell asleep watching TV had the most sleep disorders of the group studied. Children who watched evening television also had more nighttime fears, since even fleeting images of disturbing content can linger in a child's mind. Another report demonstrated that young children who get in the habit of falling asleep to the television tend to retain the habit and the sleep-related problems as they get older. In addition to all this, TV-related sleepiness had a negative effect on the children's waking lives as well. So letting a child fall asleep to the TV as a temporary way out of bedtime battles creates far too many problems to even consider it as a solution. In light of all these reasons, it would be wise to avoid evening television time for your little one in favor of other more enriching and better sleep-producing activities, such as playing with toys, going for a walk, or reading. Write down your routine. To help you organize and remember your new routine, take the time to write it down. Doing so will help you get a timely start each night and will keep you organized as you go through your nightly ritual. When you write down your routine, take a guess at the length of time it takes to complete each task on your list so you know how much time to plan. You'll likely see that you need to schedule an hour or more to fit it all in, and you'll be shocked that previously you attempted to squash everything into 20 minutes. How to Put Together Your Routine When you create your bedtime routine, Think carefully about your child's personality and likes and dislikes. 
set things up to work with his natural behavior, not against it. For example, some children find a bath relaxing, but others enjoy the splashing so much that it's almost as if they've been in a swimming pool, and afterward they're refreshed and ready to play. Some children enjoy a snack early in the routine. Others do better with a light snack just before bed. Try to balance maintenance tasks, like getting into pajamas and brushing teeth, with some pleasant activities. Keep in mind that it doesn't take any more time to make routine tasks a bit more fun. Here are some ideas to get you thinking. Give your routine a fun theme and a name, such as Countdown to Sleep Space, Jungle Campout, Bedtime Circus, or Sleep Parade. Play I Spy or Walk in the Dark with Flashlights. Play hide-and-seek along the way. You hide in the bathroom. Your child hides in the bedroom. Make the pajamas talk as they walk over to your child. Give the toothbrush a singing voice as it does its work. Give your child funny choices along the way. Do you want to brush your teeth while sitting on the floor or sitting in the bathtub? Let your child pick out the books to read and line them up in the order she'd like them read. Sing a special song to your child during routine tasks. Pick any tune you'd like and sing about his day or things that he can look forward to tomorrow. These seemingly little things can make your child look forward with eager anticipation to this special time with you each night. And in his joy, you'll find your own reward. Reading Before Bed If at all possible, fit in a bedtime reading session of at least 15 minutes or longer. In fact, as long as you'd like it to be. There are countless reasons for including reading time as part of your bedtime routine, as discussed earlier. Schedule this reading time to occur at the very end of the bedtime routine process, when your child is in bed. Many children become very drowsy, some even fall asleep as they listen to wondrous stories told with their loving caregiver's reassuring voice. The last thing you want to do is reach this point only to rouse her out of bed to brush her teeth, change location, or use the toilet. If your child seems to be wide awake and alert after reading time, then try ending with a short storytelling session after the lights are out. You can make up a very simple tale to please your child. Often, using her as the main character is well received. She can do just about anything in your story. Go to the park, play on the beach, take a boat ride, go on an airplane, or visit magical places. Some children enjoy this part so much that they ask for it nightly. Interestingly, at this age, the very same story told with little change is not only acceptable, but desired, so you don't have to be too creative. Mother Speak Both of my boys would try to finagle extra books every night. To avoid the issue, I say, This is the last book. What happens after this? 
they are accustomed to the question, and always respond, Lights out and time to sleep. This seems to prepare them for what's coming. Judith, mother of three-year-old Harry and eight-year-old Robbie. Make a bedtime chart. While a young toddler can be easily directed through your chosen routine, it is often helpful to involve an older toddler or preschooler in the process. An easy and fun way to do this is to create a poster that displays your routine in a step-by-step -step series of images. Here's how. 1. Get a large piece of poster board. 2. Gather colorful markers, crayons, and stickers. 3. Cut out pictures of children from magazines, advertisements, and the newspaper. Look for pictures that demonstrate the steps in your routine, such as a child brushing his teeth. An alternative is to take photos of your child doing the steps in his bedtime routine. 4. Use the pictures, markers, and stickers to create a fun, colorful poster that clearly demonstrates the steps to bedtime. 5. Hang the poster on your child's bedroom door at his eye level. 6. Have him help you follow the chart each night by asking, What's next? 7. Praise him for following the steps. Good job! Here's a sample bedtime chart. Sonia gets ready for bed. 1. Put on pajamas. 2. Brush teeth. 3. Go potty. 4. Read three books. 5. Sing Sonia's nighttime song. 6. Turn on Winnie the Pooh nightlight and lullaby music. 7. Have mama's milk. 8. Give kisses, hugs, and back rub. 9. Sonia goes to sleep. Night-night. 10. Mommy and Daddy go to sleep. Night-night. For many young children, the chart alone will provide the consistency and routine that will ease them happily into bed each night. If you have a little yo-yo who likes to pop out of bed after your routine, asking for a drink of water, for a hug, or how many days till my birthday party. You can solve this in one of two different ways. The first option is to finish off your routine by lying with your child until she is asleep. If you choose this method, and many parents do, keep in mind that you can't skip this part on nights when you don't feel like lying with your child or if you're too busy to do it. You become an integral part of the bedtime routine. Actually, you become the most important part, and without this step, your child will not be able to fall asleep quickly. Parents who lie with their children nightly after a pleasant, peaceful routine report that it usually takes only 5 to 15 minutes for their child to fall asleep and the majority of parents discover that this step is naturally weaned from the bedtime routine when their child is ready. Every child is different, and with encouragement the process can be moved along, but when left to the child, weaning from the need to have a parent lie with her as she falls asleep usually happens between 5 and 10 years old.
If you'd prefer not to lie with your child until she's asleep, or if you've been doing it and wish to stop, the second option is a fun method that is often successful with older toddlers and preschoolers. The second option for a little yo-yo child is to add this step to your chart, which will help to eliminate the exasperating process of a child popping out of bed repeatedly after lights are out. Sonia will get two get-out-of-bed-free cards. She may come out for potty, water, kisses, or hugs two times. When Sonia's tickets are gone, it's time to stay in bed and go to sleep. These cards are simply pieces of paper that you create with your poster supplies. At the end of your routine, give your child the tickets. She has to give you a ticket each time she gets out of bed. You can choose the number of tickets based on the current number of bed escapes you are dealing with, minus a few. That is, if she normally climbs out of bed five or six times, start with four tickets. After a week or two, change to three tickets, then two, and eventually one. If your child doesn't quite respond to the get-out-of-bed-free tickets, there is something you can do to persuade her. Offer a prize. I provide this idea because almost all of the children of my survey families said they would change their sleep habits if given a prize. You may be able to entice your child to cooperate by letting her turn in any unused tickets in the morning for a small reward or prize. Interestingly, it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. A small plastic animal or a sticker can do the trick. Different homes, different schedules. If your child divides his time between two homes, make a duplicate bedtime chart for his second home. Having the same routine followed in the same way will keep bedtime consistent at both places. Sometimes family schedules aren't consistent from day to day. If in your family one person puts your child to bed several times a week and someone else has the pleasure on other days, or if work or daycare arrangements require a different bedtime on certain days, don't fret. Simply make several charts for specific days, such as a Daddy and David bedtime chart and a Mommy and David bedtime chart, daycare bedtime chart, and home bedtime chart, or charts labeled for certain days of the week. In this way, your child will become used to the idea of a nightly chart and will adapt to the changes in his schedule more easily. Write a family bestseller. Most toddlers and preschoolers enjoy reading books, especially books with pictures of real children or of fantasy characters doing realistic, recognizable things, like getting ready for bed. Reading books about sleep to your child at bedtime can be helpful. I found that most of these books depict a predictable, typical bedtime routine. Seeing that other children, or creatures, go to bed in the same way he does can help your child do the same. This is a great time to write your child his own book about sleep. This idea has helped many parents overcome disastrous pre-bedtime chaos 
and create a more peaceful, organized process. It has also helped many parents successfully and gently wean their children from breastfeeding, drinking a nighttime bottle, or having a pacifier. I first used this idea with my older son, David, when he was weaning from breastfeeding in the family bed. Here's how it works. Use poster board or very heavy paper. Cut it so that your book ends up to be about 8.5 inches by 11 inches or bigger. Tape the pages together with heavy tape, but don't do so until you've created the entire book. That way, you can easily replace any pages you may mess up during the creative process. Here I'll describe making two different types of books. Make either one, or even both. Book 1. My Sleep Book Cut out pictures of children from magazines, books, or the newspaper. Use pictures that show steps from your own bedtime routine, such as a child in a bathtub or a father and child reading a book. Also cut out pictures of related objects, a toothbrush, pajamas, blanket, nightlight, and so on. Use the pictures to create a homemade book that demonstrates your exact bedtime routine step by step. Write a simple story on the pages to go along with the pictures. Read this book every night at the start of your bedtime routine. Book 2. The Personalized Growing Up Book Title your book, All About, insert child's name. This book will depict the story of your child's life, with the focus on sleeping, as well as feeding if you are using this idea to help your child wean from the breast or bottle. You can also use this idea to wean your child from the pacifier, or, for that matter, to help her adjust to any major change in her life, such as introducing a new pregnancy, dealing with divorce, adjusting to a parent's marriage, or preparing to enter daycare or preschool. Gather photos of your child right from the time of birth. Start with a shot of her as a newborn and progress through her life, finishing up with those pictures that feature actions and items in your bedtime routine. Pictures of her breastfeeding, drinking a bottle, using a pacifier, wearing pajamas, reading a book, lying in bed, and sleeping are the most helpful. If possible, take photos of your child during every step of your current bedtime routine, including several of her sleeping soundly. In one of the sleeping photos, you might have mommy or daddy in the background, smiling and watching over her as she sleeps. Each page in your book will show a picture of your child and explain briefly what is happening. The book's ending will show your goals for your child. For example, if she now sleeps in your bed, but you want her to sleep in her own bed, then the book will end with her sleeping happily in her own bed. This book will be customized to your family. The following are excerpts from the book I created for my son David many years ago. As a lovely bonus, you'll have this book to cherish as your child grows up. Excuse the tear stains as I write the following portion. Newborn Photo, David Nursing 
David is a brand new baby. His mommy and daddy love him very much. They are so happy he was born. David loves nursing and having mommy's milk. Six-month photo. Angela giving him a bottle. David is getting bigger. He can crawl now. He loves to play with Angela and Vanessa. He still loves nursing and having mommy's milk. And now he likes his bottle, too, especially when Angela or Vanessa help him have his bottle. Eleven-month photo. David walking. David is growing so much. He is starting to walk and throw a ball. He can have some real food, too, and his favorite drink is chocolate milk. He still loves nursing and having mommy's milk, and he likes his bottle, too. Continue on in the book through your child's life. Don't make the book so long that your little one will lose interest, because the ending is, after all, the real goal of the book. You know your own child and how long of a book she enjoys. The last section of the book will be your bedtime and sleep, or weaning, goals, outlined very clearly and specifically. Here is our ending. Second birthday photo. Happy birthday, David! You are a really big boy now. You can run and play and eat ice cream. You can go down a slide. You can take the dog for a walk. Big boys like David have a snack and then get in bed to go to sleep. They don't need mommy's milk anymore. They just need lots of mommy cuddles. Mommy and David can cuddle at bedtime, and then they both sleep all night long. Two-year-old photo, David sleeping. Mommy and David cuddle in the morning when the sun comes up. Everybody can hug and cuddle David in the morning. Congratulations, David. You are a big boy now. Pictures of everyone in the family with David. The End Once you've created your wonderful book, read it to your child every night. She may like it so much that she wants to read it during the day, too, and that's perfectly fine. Talk about what you read. Help your little one do the things you talk about in the book. Remember, you can go in your own bed, just like in your book. After I made this book for David, we read and talked about it. He loved it. After a few months of reading and talking, David was weaned. The process was simple and loving, and we both felt good about it. I've heard from many families who have used this idea successfully to ease their child into a better bedtime routine, to get their child ready to move from the family bed to his own bed, to move a child from the crib to a toddler bed, or to prepare him for a new sibling or a family move. It may be worth a try for you. Evolution and Flexibility Keep in mind that your child's bedtime routine won't remain the same forever. As he gets older, or your daily schedule changes to include a new sibling, school, or other changes, your routine will change as well. Be open and flexible enough to change things when necessary. Once your child is sleeping well, 
and bedtime and sleep time issues aren't so all-encompassing, you can experiment with relaxing your routine a bit. Don't stray too far from your established routine at first, as it may be a key to ongoing sleep success. Over time, however, you'll find things won't require as much orchestration as they do now. Mommy, stay! Needing a parent's help to fall asleep. Every single night for the past three years, I've had to stay with my daughter until she falls asleep. If I try to leave when she's awake, she cries and carries on. I actually left her once. She cried and screamed, Mommy, stay! It took two hours for her to settle down on her own before she fell asleep on the floor in front of the door. I felt so cruel. I don't want to repeat that horrible night, but I'd really like her to fall asleep on her own. Help! Before getting into the ideas and solutions part of my answer, I'd like to set the record straight on that television scene we know so well. Parent tucks blanket around child, kisses child's forehead and says goodnight, shuts off the light and leaves the room. Child smiles, closes eyes, and goes to sleep. You know that scene? Pure fantasy. Unrealistic, inconceivable la-la land. It just ain't gonna happen in real life. According to the National Sleep Foundation's 2004 Sleep in America poll, more than two-thirds, 69%, of all children experience one or more sleep problems. Two of the most common issues cited include having difficulty falling asleep and resisting going to bed. Among parents of toddlers and preschoolers, Almost half reported having to be present in the room while their child falls asleep. Incidentally, for those of you with a baby in the house, 68% of you are staying with your baby until he is asleep. Interestingly, by school age, more than a quarter of parents are still staying in the room at least once a week until their child is asleep. In the same poll, Parents and caregivers were asked if the children put themselves to bed. In the toddler age group, less than 1% did. And among preschoolers, 1% managed this amazing feat. Only 12% of school-age children put themselves to bed. So what does this all mean? First, if you stay in the room until your child is asleep... You are not alone. As a matter of fact, you are clearly in the majority. Second, and most important, this indicates that the problem isn't really a problem at all, but normal childhood behavior. Mother Speak Even now, at nine years old, she needs one of us to walk with her to bed, tuck her in, and spend a few minutes closing the day, rubbing her back and saying good night. She simply cannot fall asleep without this ritual. It used to bother us, but as she is growing up, we find that this special time keeps us connected to her every day 
no matter how busy the day was. Pia, mother of nine-year-old Gracie. Why your child wants you there? There are a number of reasons why your child wants you beside him until he falls asleep. He loves you. You represent security, safety, and love. Falling asleep brings the vast unknown. If a big, strong parent is in the room, then all is well, and a child can relax enough to sleep. She's scared. The dark brings frightening shadows. The quiet invites mysterious noises. The stillness brings scary thoughts. A parent in the bed or beside the bed is the ultimate protection from all things scary. He's worried. When the activity of the day grinds to a halt, your child's unoccupied mind begins to sort through the day's events. Worries enter your child's thoughts, things that have happened. Oh no, where did I put my red truck? And worries about upcoming events. Did Daddy say we have to go to the doctor's tomorrow? Preschoolers worry about bigger things. Will my dog run away? Will our house burn down? Will Mommy or Daddy die? These worries loom large when a child is alone in the quiet and dark. Having a parent nearby is the ultimate protection against scary thoughts. He's not sleepy. If you put your child to bed when he's not tired or overtired, he won't willingly stay put. He's wide awake and would rather be doing anything else than lying in bed, so your company is the only thing that keeps him there. She nurses to sleep. The 2004 Sleep in America poll uncovered some very enlightening information about toddlers and sleep. When breastfeeding mothers were asked if their toddlers fell asleep nursing, the answer was as follows. 67% every night, almost every night, 11% a few nights a week, 11% about once a week. This means that almost 90% of breastfeeding toddlers fall asleep nursing at least once a week and almost 70% do this every night or almost every night. Let me repeat that tidbit of amazing information for you. Almost 90% of breastfeeding toddlers fall asleep nursing. The Sucking to Sleep Association is the most difficult and complex sleep association to change. And so this, obviously, becomes a key component to your child needing you with her as she falls asleep. She wants mommy, and nobody but mommy will do. No matter how wonderful and loving daddy, your partner, the babysitter, or grandma is, nature and biology take a role in causing your little one to prefer mommy above everyone and everything else in the world especially when it comes to bedtime. Although parents may instinctually understand this preference, it can be a challenge when mommy is also dealing with the child's siblings or when she's just all mommied out from a long day of child tending. When it comes to bedtime, 
Many mothers have conflicting emotions. They want to be a loving, comforting mother, but they also just want a moment, just one, to themselves. This conflict can be conveyed to your child through both your conscious and unconscious acts and words. So if your loving partner offers to take over the bedtime routine, but your child inevitably rebels with tears or tantrums, it may hurt everyone's feelings, further complicate the stressful evening, and drag out an already too long bedtime process. It's a routine. I've talked a lot about bedtime routines and how critical they are to a peaceful process, and believe it or not, you are demonstrating just how powerful these rituals are. You have a bedtime routine now that involves staying with your child until she is asleep. Remember that it takes about a month for a new routine to be formed. Whether you've been staying with your child until sleep from the day she was born, after her sibling was born three months ago, or after your move six weeks ago, you've likely been reinforcing this routine night after night for a long, long time. It will take patience and a plan to create a new routine. What is it that bothers you? When I interviewed parents to find out what exactly bothers them about having to stay with their children until they fell asleep, the following were the five most common answers, and many included a combination of all five. 1. It takes a long time for her to fall asleep, and I have things I need to do, so I get very antsy about lying there. 2. Sometimes I even fall asleep before he does, so I'm in bed much earlier than I plan to be. 3. She gets used to my staying beside her, so if she wakes up during the night, she wants me back. 4. I have a baby and a husband that need me too, so I feel pulled in all directions. 5. At the end of the day, I just don't have the energy to deal with bedtime. I want to just tuck him in and get on with it. Before proceeding with the solutions, take some time to figure out what it is that bothers you about having to stay with your child until the Sandman arrives. Understanding your own feelings will help you choose the correct plan of action to take as you begin to make changes to your current bedtime practices. Choose a path. You may have never looked at it this way, but there are two paths you can follow. Either choice can work beautifully, but you need to make a decision and follow it up with a plan. 1. Continue to stay with your child until he or she falls asleep, but do so in a way that encourages your child to fall asleep quickly. 2. Take steps to help your child learn how to fall asleep on his own. Stay or don't stay, but don't wiffle-waffle. Very often parents feel stuck. They don't want to stay but they do it to prevent tears or a tantrum. So some nights it works fine, their child falls asleep peacefully and quickly. Other nights, 
Parents have pressing issues to get to, so they try to rush the process, or their child is too wired to sleep. But either way, their child reacts by staying wide awake for far too long. The lying with or staying with ritual drags on for an hour or more, often with the parent becoming angry and the child resorting to tears. In the end, parents get stuck with both. They get to stay, and they get the tantrum, too. This aspect can be further complicated when parents disagree about how to handle bedtime, each pulling in opposite directions, with a tired child in the middle. Parents tend to avoid talking about the situation during the day, but the stress and anger about the routine rears its ugly head every night at bedtime. This situation can also become confusing when a child lives in two households, and each home has a completely different bedtime ritual, with no communication about bedtime rituals. If you waver between the two choices— or if different caregivers use different approaches, your child will never know what to expect, so bedtime will remain tense and perhaps even a struggle of wills. Two different plans can work, but only if both are intentional plans, not haphazard, whatever-happens confusion. There is no correct answer here. Either approach works for many families. So decide which path you are going to follow, stay or don't stay, and have everyone involved be consistent with whatever choice you make. When you maintain a pattern and apply other sleep-inducing ideas from this book, you will end up with a more peaceful bedtime hour. Deciding to Stay Like the majority of parents, you may decide that when your child falls asleep quickly, it's not an inconvenience to stay in the room with him. Also, if you knew he'd always fall asleep promptly, you wouldn't mind this stay. If this is what you decide to do, let your child know, and he'll relax into the new bedtime routine. Tell him in a very pleasant tone of voice, as if offering a gift. From now on, I will stay with you until you fall asleep. Then I will go to my own bed. We both sleep all night, and then we can cuddle in the morning. What about night waking? Many, many toddlers and preschoolers are able to go to sleep with the parents' company and then sleep all night without further help. Some, though, continue to depend on a parent's company any time they wake up throughout the night. Remember that all human beings have night wakings. It's how your child falls back to sleep that can create problems for you. As you work through the various solutions in all the appropriate chapters of this book, you'll learn what category your child falls into, and this will help you as you organize your own approach to your child's sleep situation. Also, the sleep routines you choose can change and modify over time. Just because you choose one path doesn't mean you can't change approaches later. Do give each plan enough time to work through the kinks before you make modifications. Unless you have a deadline for change, allow a month or so to judge an idea's true effectiveness.
How to Stay and Promote Sleep The key to staying, and making it a pleasant routine for everyone involved, is to set up a plan that works. The plan should involve a specific bedtime routine that ends in quiet, peaceful darkness. The finale to your bedtime routine should be your quiet presence as your child nods off. If you continue to talk and interact with your child, you may be actually keeping him awake. So do all your usual things, reading, storytelling, nursing, back rubbing, and then turn off the lights and be quiet. The only noise you should make is a quiet shh-shh in response to any movement or noise from your little one. The exception to this is a child who falls asleep easily to a parent's quiet singing, humming, or storytelling under one condition. And this is an important condition. Do this only if you enjoy it, too. Don't get into a habit of doing something to please your child if you hate it. You'll just begin to resent the process, and your emotions will prevent bedtime from being the peaceful, loving time it should be. Invite Tiredness When bedtime arrives, you want your child to be perfectly tired. If he isn't tired, or if he is overtired, he'll struggle against your desire for him to go to sleep. Take a look at your child's daily nap schedule and make sure that naps aren't too long or too late in the day. Look at your child's daily flow of activity and bursts of energy. You should be encouraging lots of energetic play between morning and dinner time, and planning quiet time from dinner time until bedtime. You'll want him to get plenty of fresh air and exercise during the day, and provide him enough time to wind down before sleep time. Have an early enough bedtime so that your child doesn't become overtired. Make sure the time is consistent. Try to stick with the set bedtime seven days a week so that your child's biological clock is ticking in tune to his scheduled bedtime. Have a long enough bedtime routine. In the Sleep in America poll, it is reported that more than half the preschoolers and almost half the toddlers take 15 minutes or longer to fall asleep once the lights are turned out. Add this to the time it takes to prepare for bed, taking a bath, putting on pajamas, brushing teeth, reading books, etc., and you'll need at least an hour dedicated to putting your child to bed. If you rush through this process, your child won't fall asleep easily or more quickly. The steps to going to bed are very important to a peaceful falling-asleep process. Of course, there are exceptions. On any given night, if your little one is truly tired, then a very short routine is in order. Don't keep a tired child awake just to make it through your traditional getting-ready-for-bed routine. You may find it helpful to stick with your usual sequence of events, but shorten each step as much as possible. For example, pick one brief book rather than the usual three. It helps to remember that it will likely take your child 10 to 20 minutes to fall asleep once the lights are turned out. 
These 20 minutes seem like 60 when you're anxious to get up and get on with other things you need or want to do. Ironically, if you are quiet and peaceful yourself, your child will fall asleep much more quickly. So when you begin your new routine, glance at the clock when you turn the light off, and then again when your child is asleep, noting how long it takes. Check again in a week and compare the two. You may discover that it takes your little one far less time to nod off than you thought, particularly when he realizes that you will stay every night until he's asleep. Think of your needs, too. As you wait for your child to fall asleep, what do you do with the time? Do you tap your toe impatiently while waiting, telling yourself that you're wasting valuable time, or that you wish you didn't have to stay? This is a common response, and is part of the reason why parents so dread this little nighttime ritual. Once your sleep plan is ticking perfectly, it's likely that your child will take much less than 15 minutes to fall asleep every night. So choose wisely how you want to spend those minutes. While you are waiting for your child to fall asleep, Perhaps you'll want to do one of these things. Think about some of the highlights of your day. Enjoy your memories. Plan tomorrow's calendar. Watch your child and enjoy the beauty. They grow up so fast, you know. Daydream about an upcoming event or something fun. Put on headphones and listen to music or an audiobook. Meditate or pray. No cry solutions for changing to the don't stay option. You may decide that you really do want your child to fall asleep independently, and you don't want to stay in the room as he falls asleep. You can achieve this goal, but as with most sleep situations, no single right method works for every family, nor is there a quick fix, easy solution. Merely leaving the room and letting your child cry to sleep isn't easy, and for the vast majority of families, it is not quick either. In addition, new research is showing that such crying-it-out approaches may be only a temporary solution, because in many cases, sleep problems resurface and new ones appear. What follows is a list of gentle, practical solutions and ideas for you to consider as you put together your own plan to encourage your child to begin falling asleep without your continued presence. Choose a few and add them to your current plan for better sleep based on Part 1 of this book. Weaning from the Routine I'll be right back. If you have decided that you really would like to have your child fall asleep on his own, you can do so gradually. Begin by following your usual pattern. Once the light is off and your child is sleepy, however, use an excuse to get up for just a minute or two. I have to go potty. I'll be right back. I need to get some socks. Be right back. I have to check the time. Be right back. Return to your child in a few minutes, before he has a chance to get out of bed or to get upset. After five minutes or so, 
Repeat the exercise. Because you continue to come back to him, he should relax and not keep himself awake waiting for you to return, since you always do. If your child won't stay in bed should you leave the room, then don't. Get up to close a window, put socks in the hamper, adjust the blinds, do some yoga stretches or a few crunches, or do something that gets you up and away from your child, but still in the room for a few minutes. After he gets used to this step, move on to leaving the room for short errands. Gauge your child's reaction after you have done this for a few nights or a week, and if things are looking good, leave his side for longer periods. Eventually, change your phrase to, I'll be back, leaving off the soon. Before long, this will mean, I'll be back in the morning. Weaning from your current routine, step by step by step. If you are currently lying with or near your child in her bed until she is sound asleep, you can use a step-by-step -step approach to literally move yourself out the door. This idea involves expanding the space between you and your child as she falls asleep and doing it over a period of time. You'll need to customize this depending on your current routine, your goal, and your sleep arrangement. What's important during this phasing process is that you also use many of the other sleep ideas you've picked up through this book, particularly the eight tips in Part 2. Tips such as using music or white noise and making the room dark and cozy will increase your success. By creating a comfortable routine and a relaxing sleep environment, you will help your child adapt more easily to change. This phasing process can be used when your child first goes to sleep at night, as well as for any subsequent night wakings as well. As you move from phase to phase, don't make a big production out of the modification. Simply ease into it without much fanfare. Here is a sample plan. Again, this is a sample and is not intended to be followed religiously. You'll need to create your own plan based on your family situation. Sample plan for a toddler who sleeps in her own bed. Currently, you lie beside your child until she is totally asleep. She's usually curled up tightly beside you, perhaps with an arm or leg draped over your body. Phase 1. Move yourself an arm's length away from your little one so that you're in bed but not touching, except to place a hand on her to reassure her if she needs it. If you don't already use it, it's a good time to introduce a lovey, a special stuffed animal or blanket, white noise, soft music, or an audiobook as a sleep time cue. This will help create a consistent thread for falling asleep as you move from phase to phase. Phase 2 Sit in a chair moved tight beside the bed. Place your hand on your child if necessary, or put your feet up on the bed near her. Allowing your child to listen to music, white noise, or an audiobook can help her stay peaceful and welcome sleep.
You may want to use your own headset to listen to music or a book on tape, meditate, pray, or catch up on your knitting to keep yourself relaxed. If she resists this change, begin by doing it for brief periods. I'll just sit here for a minute, then I'll lie with you. This will help her get used to your being farther away. If your child has a lovey, put it in her bed with her. Some older toddlers or preschoolers respond well if the bed is filled with stuffed animals. This is also a good excuse for you to sit in the chair. Gee, there's no room for me. I'll just sit right here. Invite her to say good night to each one and tuck them in, since this makes them more like friends to sleep with. They will become even more helpful as you move on to the next phases. Phase 3 Move your chair a few inches from the bed. Remember to keep the rest of your bedtime routine the same and keep all the other sleep cues consistent, such as white noise and stuffed animals. Phase 4 Move your chair to the other side of the room. You may want to provide a simple reason for moving your chair, such as, I'm going to sit here by the nightlight and read tonight. Can you and your stuffed animals be quiet for Mommy so I can read? Phase 5. Move the chair so it's just outside her door, but she can still see you. I need more light to read, so I'll just put my chair here tonight. When you do this, make little noises, like gentle coughs, humming, or rustling page turns. This helps your child know that you are still nearby. Phase 6. Move the chair so that it's outside her door and she can't see you, but close enough so you can talk to her if she needs to know that you're there. For the first few nights, you can make your quiet noises so she knows you aren't too far away. If all goes well, sit quietly for a few nights. If your child falls asleep without calling out to you, then you're free to go about your business after putting your child to bed from then on. Hooray! Keep an ear open or a baby monitor tuned in, though. If she has a nightmare or wakes calling for you and you don't appear, this could set you back, and you don't want that to happen. How long at each phase? You can spend a few days, a week, or even a month on each phase. There's no set rule. This will vary depending on your child's age and personality and on your own patience and goals. It also may take longer to complete some phases than others. But keep in mind that parenting isn't a race, and sometimes the harder you push, the longer the process will take. Be patient. Make it clear and predictable. Once you decide on how you are going to handle bedtime, communicate the news to your child. Of course, every parent knows that telling a toddler or preschooler something one time can be about as effective as not telling him at all. The key is to find a way to explain to your child what exactly you'll be doing and to remind him nightly of the plan. You can explain the parts of your bedtime routine each night to your child, one or two steps at a time. Begin before the first step and let your little one know what's happening at each point, giving forewarning before each major item. 
The preparation in advance is important because it allows your child to anticipate what's next and to prepare for it mentally. I call this the power of 531. Here's what your announcements might sound like. We're going to have a bath in five minutes. Sweetie, bath time in three minutes. One minute till bath time. At this point, you escort or carry your child into the bathroom while announcing, Bath time! When it's time to get out of the tub, follow the same pattern. We're going to get out and put pajamas on in five minutes. Sweetie, time to get out and put on pajamas in three minutes. One minute till pajama time! At this point, you gather your child out of the tub while announcing, Pajama time! As you are putting on pajamas, tell your child what comes next. After pajamas, we'll brush teeth, then read books, then go to sleep. You can use the 531 counting technique when it comes time for you to turn off the light and again when you leave the room. If you use this tool several times throughout the day, too, you'll find that your little one will be cooperating with all kinds of tasks. Create a bedtime chart. The verbal reminders keep you and your child on track, but adding a bedtime chart can be the most effective way to teach your child the steps involved in your bedtime routine. You'll illustrate all the steps, including the evening snack, brushing teeth, nursing, back rubs, reading, and whatever else is involved in your nightly getting-ready-for-bed routine. Include the specifics about when you will leave the bedroom. You may even want to include a picture of what you will be doing after you leave, sitting at your desk, cleaning up the house, or going to your own bed. If your child knows what you will be doing and understands that you'll be close by if he needs you, he may be more willing to let you leave without a fuss. Put Siblings Together If you have two or more children over 18 months old, and if they welcome the idea, you can switch your toddler's bedtime alliance from you to his sibling. Many cultures routinely use this technique as a natural way of helping children learn to sleep without an adult nearby, and many families discover the ease and beauty of this arrangement quite naturally. An effective routine involves tucking both children into bed with stories and cuddles and then leaving them to snuggle and whisper until they drift off to sleep. A word of caution. If this is new to your children, they may find playtime more fun than sleep time. To prevent adding an hour or more of listening to yourself say, Shh, go to sleep now. You may want to stay with them a little longer. Read to them, play soft music, or tell them a story in the dark, so that when you leave the room, they are relaxed and sleepy and will actually sleep.